If you have a child with type 1 diabetes, whether they were diagnosed five days ago or five years ago, you continue to have questions. These are the questions about the emotional side of living with diabetes, the questions about how to parent diabetes. I'm Joanne Robb, a psychotherapist and fellow T1D mom, and I've been parenting diabetes for almost 15 years. In this podcast, I'm here to answer your questions about the emotional and relational challenges that come with being a caregiver for a child with type 1 diabetes. Before we dive in, I have to remind you that I'm not a doctor and nothing that I offer here should be considered medical advice. If you want to make any changes to the way you or your child is managing their type 1, please be sure to check in with your doctor or medical team. Let's get started. Good morning and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm delighted you're here. Why don't you introduce yourself and then let us know what you're coming on to the show to discuss. Okay, so um, my name is Kennedy, and about a month ago, um, my little guy, Landon, was diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. So he is just shy of three. He'll be turning three in a a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So it was quite the shock, but we're, you know, adjusting to this new lifestyle and kind of learning about it and, and moving through. Wow. Kennedy, I'm amazed that you're like upright and on a podcast one month after a diagnosis. That's really remarkable. Thank you. Yeah, that's really remarkable. What brings you here? Like, what's the pressing issue that you feel like would be good to discuss? So, you know, I wanted to, you know, of course, come on and listen to your podcast. But really, my question um, that I have today is about my daughter. So I have a five and a half year old. She's just shy of turning six as well. But Um, You know, we're spending a lot of time and focus and attention on Landon, um, you know, with his medication and learning about counting the carbohydrates and just everything that encompasses um, this new diabetes diagnosis. And she approached me the other night after we had put him to sleep and just said that she is um, feeling a little left out and we are spending a lot of attention on Landon. Mm -hmm. And so... I just want to be able to support her through this the best way that I can as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's um, a very real problem. I actually have a workshop I've done in the past called the other sibling, because I think that this is a really real dilemma. And uh, I'm impressed that she at five and a half, almost six came to say to you what her experience is. So she sounds like a pretty uh, good self-advocator. Does that feel accurate? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what did you say to her? I wasn't really sure how to respond. I mean, um, I was happy that she was able to come to me and share those feelings because they are big feelings at such a young age. Um, I wasn't really prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have to admit that I have been so focused on mm-hmm. Landon lately that I really didn't even take that into much consideration until yeah. she, you know, yeah, you know, brought it to my attention. Um, so I just tried to explain to her that, you know, I hear her and I love her. And it is, you know, a difficult time for not only Landon, but her. And it's a big adjustment. But I'm going to make sure that I can um, spend those, you know, extra minutes, couple minutes every day, um, morning, afternoon, evening, and give her just that one-on-one attention um, so that she feels, you know, involved in the process and that she isn't really just an outsider looking in. She's still part of the family as much as before. Mm-hmm. So 
I have a few questions that come up from that. Uh, have you, when you say spend extra time morning, evening, that's a lot every day. Is that extra time away from Landon with just her that you're aiming to spend? Yeah, I'm really, you know, my goal and, you know, I've kind of spoke about it with my husband, just making sure that she's getting that one-on-one -on -one attention. Um, usually he's the one that gets up in the mornings with her. So before Landon gets up, just if that's reading with her, going over her homework, just sitting with her talking when they're eating breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then usually um, I tend to kind of pick that up at night. So after I put Landon to bed, you know, um, his phone and receiver is by him and he's asleep. And then I'm able to spend just that one-on-one -on -one time with her and play a game um, or just talk in bed, cuddle, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Okay. I think that's amazing. Um, I also think, uh, I don't know how it's landed for her that you're spending that time. Do you have any sense? Like, has, has she noticed that you're, that things are different than they were? Yeah. I think she's starting to, you know, just cope with it a little better. I think being able to spend that one-on-one -on -one time with her has definitely helped. Um, and then another thing that I started doing, it was a suggestion from one of um, the JDRF moms mm -hmm. um, is to create a little like fun grab bag for her. So mm -hmm. I went to like Dollar Tree and Target and just got little things that, mm -hmm. um, you know, I knew that she would enjoy. And when I feel like she needs a little extra love or something like that, um, I've been going in and, and letting her kind of blindly choose something out of there and, mm -hmm. you know, just giving her that as well. So mm -hmm. just really not grasping at straws, but kind of just really trying to do everything I can to, mm -hmm. you know, figure it out and make sure both her and Landon are taken mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're kind of, you, honestly, it sounds like you're doing all the right things. I have some additional thoughts, but let's just name out what's happening. So first of all, you're responding to her, right? It feels so normal to me that when you have a diagnosis, it's all hands on deck. There's a lot to learn. I call it the drinking from the fire hose year because you really are, right? Like this is not a water fountain. This is like a humongous spray of information that you have to take in and figure out in order to keep your kids safe. And Landon is very small. So it's it's extra hard, honestly. It's just a very hard uh, age to be diagnosed at for the parents. There are other ages that are hard, but in different ways. Um, and so you were you had all of your focus on him and you have a daughter who was amazing about advocating for herself. And, um, and you were able to respond. So, and you responded with one-on-one -on -one time with each of you, some, it doesn't need to be a lot, honestly. Um, and I love this grab bag because he's getting a kind of extra special attention. And so what you're saying is you get extra special things too. And I think that that can be really helpful for some kids. Some kids need that. Some kids don't. But some kids really do. Like I've heard of siblings who get really jealous that their type one sib gets a box of supplies, right? right? Like, even though that is not a fun thing, their sibling is getting mail. And so they feel left out, right? So you're kind of evening the playing field a little bit in the ways that you can. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I have a few additional thoughts. Yeah. Please. So one is at some point, I would circle back to your daughter and uh, appreciate to her that she came and told you right? Like, it sounds like you did that in the moment, but I would, I would notice to her later at a, just a quiet moment, like it was really impressive of you 
to come and tell me that you were feeling left out. Right. Right. Um, And I really appreciate that. And I, and I want to encourage you to always let me know when you're feeling off like that. Right. Because it gives her permission and your level of responsiveness also gave her a lot of permission to be able to tell you what her experience is. Double thumbs up there. The other thing that occurred to me as you were talking is left out. I I have some curiosity about how she's involved in type one care because all the things you listed are things about focusing, like you have a focus over here on Landon and over here on her and they're sort of separate. And right now the family activity (laughs) is type one diabetes. It will not stay that way and nor should it. And And it doesn't mean that your daughter has to pick it up, right? I in no way believe that siblings have to be involved, but it kind of is a family disease. And so I'm curious, like what's her involvement there? And does she need to have involvement there? Because feeling left out implies there's a family thing happening, not just that she's feeling ignored. Right. So, I mean, at the beginning and, you know, we are four weeks into this tomorrow. Um, so at the beginning, it was really just my husband and I focused on Landon and we kind of had Sav just step aside so we could really figure it out. I was scared with, you know, the insulin injections and getting the needle. I mean, dosing him for the first time, but nervous with her being around and accidentally poking her or her touching, you know, the needle, just all of those different things, disposing of it correctly. Um, so over the past couple of weeks, as we became more comfortable, we got, um, the continuous glucose monitor on okay. him. Um, we actually got an eye port about a week ago, which has been life changing, um, because he just resisted the, um, shot so much. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a lot more involved in it. So she'll sit there and she'll kind of hold his hands or she'll get a toy and kind of talk to him as we're administering, um, you know, his injections. Now, um, we typically have always fed them the same meals, but now that we're feeling a little more comfortable with, you know, just the carb counting that was brand new to us, um, we're able to, you know, ask her a little more, what do you feel like eating? She likes to eat the same thing that Landon does. Um, and so I feel like it kind of brings some unity back in that regard that I'm not feeding him one thing and she gets something else and same, like the treats and desserts, you know, at first, like that was very scary, Mm -hmm. um, for me. And so I've, you know, kind of moved through with, still offering them and just dosing them and not taking things away from him, but also not taking things away from her. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that was kind of a component of it where I'm like, no candy, no cakes, no ice cream. Cause I was just so scared, you mm-hmm. know, um, at the beginning and now, you know, we don't offer it all the time, but I'm more comfortable with, you know, giving them, you know, a little ice cream after dinner on weekends or, um, discussing like Halloween coming up and how we're going to move forward with that and really not restrict them, but just be more aware of, you know, the upcoming holiday and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So I, I just, because you circled to food um, on October 30th at 9 30 AM, I have a workshop called let them eat cake, which is all about the relationship of food to diabetes. So if people are listening and interested, it's free. You can get on my website. I think that's great that you are um, 
are are allowing these like danger foods and putting that in parentheses in quotes rather um, back into the house. And I'm hearing also, so there's some more normalcy that's entering, right? The way you used to eat is how you're eating again. Um, there's some more normalcy around these danger foods, around these sweets. We're gonna take a quick break and be back with more answers. One of the hardest things about diabetes is the food. Your kid has to eat, but there's so many foods that send them high or are tricky to dose for. And at the same time, you don't want to restrict their food choices. You want them to be able to feel like every other kid. To help you navigate the many challenges of food and eating with type one, I've created the Sweet Talk Snack Course, a free mini course that gives you six bite-sized lessons to support your T1D kid and having a healthy relationship with food and eating. Sign up for it at diabetessweettalk.com. I'm also hearing that she's involved in a very um, mature helper way, which is lovely and often happens, um, that she's holding Landon's hand and kind of supporting him through shots. I think that's great. And... Um, I want to encourage you to just over time, not mm-hmm. in an anxious way, but keep an eye because while I actually think that's exactly what should be happening, it can also become unfun and burn out a child to feel like it's kind of like when Landon was born for the first two months, probably she was an angelic older sister kissing him at all times. And then at some point, especially when he started moving and requiring more attention and was more destructive, she no longer felt that way about him. And there's a very similar trajectory with the way siblings feel about diabetes. Um, You know, it looks different for every kid, just like sibling adjustment looks different for every kid, but just keep an eye. So I have a podcast episode. It's episode 47, when you want your T1D child's sibling to help with management. And in that episode, it's actually about a much older child. But I think it's going to hit on some of the issues that any child is going to have, which is that in some way we need consent, right? Like, and, and she's five (laughs) or she's six or she's eight or she's whatever she is. Um, And we are families. Like there's this, there's this line to walk between we are a family. We help each other out. Like we all clear the dinner dishes. We all do the chores together, whatever versus the extraordinary things. And diabetes is in both of those categories, right? Right. So I think it's good for her right now, given her feeling left out, that she has ways to participate. And, um, you know, when he goes low and she can grab the juice box, great. It just makes her feel part of something and pay attention. And I think in circling around her and naming, this is amazing, you told me, I want you to keep telling me, you create a channel for that conversation to keep happening. Okay. Yeah. Such a good question. And it's amazing that you can take your eyes off of your type one kid at one month in to even look at your other child. Right. So I want to name that it's very hard. And sometimes what we ask them to do is wait and that's okay too. Right. It sounds like you're not needing to do that, but there might be times where you're validating her experience. I know this is hard. Um, I see that it's hard for you and right. Not, but, but, and, and right now I can't, I know that's painful. It's painful for you. It's painful for me that I can't, and I will get to you. I promise. 
right? So that kind of validation with the acknowledgement, like we're not heroic. We're just trying to do this incredibly difficult job. And sometimes we can drop the ball on our other kids. I certainly did um, with my first child's diagnosis. Like I had a newly diagnosed nine-year-old, a baby I was nursing and a kid in the middle who got literally nothing. And it it took a while to get back to her, right? Yeah. And we talked about it a lot along the way, but I couldn't do it. I just did literally did not have the bandwidth. So, right. you know, if those moments come, you get to acknowledge them even the next day, two days later, like, I know this was hard. I get it. Sometimes I'm dropping the ball here. It will help her to be able to tolerate it a little better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Other questions? I think that's really it at the top of my head. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. How did all this land for you? Good. I mean, definitely, you know, picked up on a lot of pointers to keep on incorporating, to keep on supporting mm -hmm. her. You know, it's a huge learning curve for me. And I'm just trying to soak up as much information as I can to make yep. this. I mean, it's not an easy, you know, transition, but to make this as slow as nicely as possible, because it is a huge change for Landon, number one, but also, you know, myself and my husband and Savannah and just our household. So mm -hmm. um, any help and tip and suggestions that I can get to just manage that, I am just welcoming and trying to trying to take in. I think that going to camp will help everyone, you know, and your daughter too, because there are plenty of siblings there. Right. Um, I'm a big believer in family camp, especially with kids as young as yours. And I remember when we used to go that they sometimes broke off just the siblings okay. to have a, and I don't know if they do it on the weekend camps or just on the long family camps in the summer. Okay. But I think, you know, she'll have an experience of being um, in the mix with a lot of siblings who have, you know, who are facing the same issues. And I think there's a kind of, um, camaraderie and ease when you're with people who just get that part. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll look into that. Good. Kennedy, thanks for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening today. If you want answers to your questions about parenting a kid with type one, I'd like to invite you to join our live recording sessions so you can ask your questions in person. Not only will you get the support you need and deserve, but through the podcast, you'll be helping other T1D parents to know that they're not alone with the challenges they're facing. To join one of my live recording sessions, simply go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register. Again, go to www.diabetessweettalk.com and click the banner at the top of the page to register.